Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And Doug Maurice. And the Browns are 12-9 winners in overtime over the Baltimore Ravens. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast brought to you, as always, by Sibling Revelry Brewing. And I'm sure there were people at their tap room in Westlake going crazy today. Because I know they do stuff on Sundays for Browns games. So next Sunday, you should be there uh, when the Browns take on the Chargers. If you're not here at First Energy Stadium where we are, head over to Sibling Revelry Brewery and watch their games uh, there. All right, guys, let's get to it. 12-9, the Browns' overtime winners. Uh, this was, what, overtime game number three this season? Yep, overtime uh, game this number has three. Been, uh, this has been quite the year already. Out it of has five. Yep. aged all of us a lot already. But uh, to me, the bottom line here is that the Browns won. They won an AFC North game for the first time since October eleventh, two 2015. And as we've seen, not just this season, but in seasons past, this is normally a game that the Browns lose. Let's start there. Uh, as ugly as it was, Mary Kay, is this a sign of growth for this team? Oh, I think so. You know, I, I think I'm at this point, and I even wrote this uh, last week, that with Baker Mayfield at the helm, I think that this team uh, has to be and will be pretty much in every game with the belief that they can beat anyone, come back from anything, and that anything can happen. They're young. They've got a long way to go in many ways. But he has that never-say-die attitude, as you could see on that Final drive in overtime, their third possession, when he had to overcome a second and 21 at his five, pulled it off, got them in position to kick the game-winning field goal. You know, I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that stink. Like the Ravens are 3-2. and two. The Ravens were 3-1 and one coming into today. Joe Flacco doesn't scare me. Like, I don't even know what the Ravens have that is particularly good. And here's what I mean by that. Like, it makes sense to me that the Browns can be as good as almost anybody because really they've been so awful for two years but you don't need Tom Brady to compete and you start this is the same thing we've been talking about but you start looking around the roster and it's like yeah they have Baker Mayfield that's gonna work against most teams Miles Garrett yeah that's gonna work Jarvis Landry yep that works like you can see when they line up they might have lost today right they Mm could have lost right but they would then the, the Ravens would have been 4-1, and one, and people would have been depressed and upset. But you would have said they're as good as the Ravens. Yeah. There's nothing the Ravens have or the Ravens do nope. that the Browns are jealous of. So that's where they are. They're right in there. That's a glorious thing. They're right in there yeah. with basically everyone. Yeah. Right, but, but today, to me, signifies the difference because 
you know, again, last week they should have beaten the Raiders and they couldn't make a play to get off the field, right? You, you know, they got that weird overturn, but the defense, you, you know, you get a punt, special teams can't make a tackle, the defense can't get off the field, you end up going to overtime and you lose the game. Today, they were able to finally make those plays. They were fin- able to finally make that one play uh, or those two plays or whatever it was that actually put them ahead on the scoreboard and actually made them the team that won this game. And, and that's, that's important because this is a wins and losses business. It doesn't matter how you win or who you beat. or This is a wins and losses business. And today they were able to make enough plays to win a game. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, you have to look at not only Baker Mayfield, but Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward is somebody that came up with huge plays uh, in the first half, denied uh, the Ravens a touchdown by getting an interception, blocked a field goal. Uh, he's been a tremendous, tremendous pick for them at number four overall. Uh, so, you know, I think that, that this says the future is bright. They've got a lot of really young guys. Even Derek Willie's undrafted rookie receiver. Richard Higgins is out of the game with a knee injury. Antonio Callaway, he's struggling. And a guy like Derek Willie's steps up. He's an undrafted rookie. A lot of their guys are really, really young. So not only does this season look to be looking up, uh, but the future looks bright for the foreseeable, I don't know, five, ten years, whatever the case may be. This, this receiving court, just to go to Willie's, Doug, before, before you say what you were about to say, um, this receiving core was about as thin as it's been when, when Rashard Higgins went out. So for a guy like Willie's, you know, in the NFL, everybody says next man up, right? We hear that all the time, Mary Kay, next man up, next man up. And it's usually not next man up. There's usually a drop off. And, and Willie's came in and, and he lived up to that hype and, and good for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you had an unbelievable amount of contribution from a lot of people. I mean, even on on third down. Third down defense was incredible in this game. That really helped them. But, you know, just even just to look at that last drive, uh, that it started out with uh, that that failed reverse there that lost 11 yards to Rod Streeter. You know, he's in there because Antonio Callaway had been struggling. Uh, You know, then you've got Baker scrambling for 13 yards, then he hits that pass to Willie's, and he had to sneak out of uh, some some pressure to do that, and he's been able to do that a lot, which I think has been uh, one of the things about him that has been really remarkable. Uh, then Duke Johnson comes up with a couple of big plays, a uh, couple of big runs, and Greg Joseph steps up there, hits the 37-yarder. We're trying to figure out, did a Ravens player get a hand on, <laughs> hand on the ball or did they not? Greg Johnson... Am I saying? Yeah. Greg, Greg Joseph. Um, Mary Kay, he won the game. Get his name right. <laughs> it was Duke Johnson. I just mixed up Duke Johnson we've and been, Greg Joseph. We've been um, through so many pickers recently. <laughs> so Greg Joseph um, steps up, hits the 37-yarder, but it looked weird. It looked like somebody got a hand on it. He said he heard a thud. You know, did somebody get a hand on it? We don't know. But what we do know is that he had missed a 55-yarder in regulation. He had missed an extra point, and it looked like, uh uh-oh, this is another special teams meltdown for the Cleveland Browns. And he came through and made the kick. I will say I'm not sure I believe the kicker in that circumstance because that's about the ugliest game-winning field goal I've ever seen. So it's in his interest to say that it was partially blocked because otherwise that's a knuckleball. It got the job done. But, man, that was like a weird-looking thing that went through. Um... I mentioned this to Dan, just talking about the receivers. Can you imagine if you gave Baker Mayfield Antonio Brown? Or if you gave Baker Mayfield somebody to rely on? Because 
Derek Willies. I'm getting his name right. Is that right? That's his name? Derek Willies. Okay. So he had the great play at the end, right? How far did it go for? 39 yards. He just stood there. Baker Mayfield scrambled, made that play happen, and then threw to him, and he was standing there wide open. And then once he caught it, he ran. But I think he could have thrown it to the possum or, or a mannequin, <laughs> and they would have caught it and run. They still had too many drops. Antonio Callaway had drops. David Njoku had some more drops. Baker Mayfield threw for 342, and you still can go through and find the plays where guys did not help him out. So I think that is, again, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of backwards thinking, which is the right thinking here, which is like, man, they screwed that up. They screwed that up. The receivers screwed stuff up, but they made plays when they needed to, and just think about the idea if they get someday Baker another guy or two, or if Antonio Callaway gets better because he's only a rookie, and Higgins gets better, and maybe Njoku gets better. You can see there's a lot more out there because at the moment, Baker's making a lot of people look good, but there aren't a ton of – like Antonio had, Callaway had the catch against – that was Tyrod, I guess, against New Orleans, right? These guys make plays sometimes. But sometimes Baker is just doing stuff that's like, wow, anybody would have caught that. Well, think about this. The minute Josh Gordon was traded and walked out the door, that was pretty much the best receiver on your football team mm-hmm. that left this football team. That's like Antonio Brown leaving the Steelers. Yep. How good do you think the Steelers are going to be without Antonio Brown, right? That's how good Josh Gordon is. You could see it when he made that touchdown catch, the 500th touchdown catch, uh, from Tom Brady the other night. That's how good he is. That was what Baker was supposed to have. Mm-hmm. That was the idea for this whole season. The bird had landed. The right? bird. <laughs> the bird had landed, and he's gone. And I'll tell you, I mean, they're bringing in Rashard Matthews tomorrow to try him out, but chances are he's not Josh Gordon. So they're behind the eight ball a little bit. When they lost their starting X receiver and, and believed and hoped that maybe Antonio Callaway could step up into his shoes, you know, that was just really – you know, almost a, a little bit of a, a pipe dream to think that Antonio could spend his whole last year out of football at Florida and then come in and do the job that you expected Josh Gordon to do. Yeah, that, that, that's a big ask of Antonio Callaway. But here, here's the other thing. Um, the drops, the mistakes, whatever it was. This day, and, and here's another thing. Let's not give Baltimore... Let's not take anything away from Baltimore. That oh, is a I'll legit, take it away. That is a legitimate defense. That is a defense that still has not allowed a second-half touchdown. And the Browns found a way to get just enough out of it. But I think the difference that we've seen so far is this team can have drops, and this team can have protection issues, and this team can give up some big plays underneath, and this team can do some things that aren't good, and they can make mistakes, and yet they're still in games, and they still have a chance to win games. And in today's case, they did win a game. Mayfield got sacked five times. He could have been sacked ten times. Those tackles got smoked uh, several times when Baker's ability to escape pressure in the pocket and then make a play was really a game-changing thing, which, again, is part of the whole deal. Right. He's going to keep doing that. But, again, imagine what's going to happen if Desmond Harrison is no longer a rookie and is another guy. It is un- They won. It is unbelievable that they are counting on Antonio Callaway and Desmond Harrison, who basically gave up football, each of them, in their own way at certain times in their careers. And they're starting and being counted on as rookies, and the Browns are still finding a way. And they're finding a way because of Baker Mayfield. I'm just telling you. I mean, he is the playmaker uh, that they hoped that he would be. 
and what the stuff that he did at Oklahoma and the reasons why uh, he was so successful there, it's translating over here. And, and he must be really, really super incredibly smart uh, to be able to to decipher what defenses are doing to him, uh, to be able to go out there and exhibit the the kind of confidence and the moxie that he's playing with, and he he's the reason in my mind, obviously that they that they won this game. Him, I mean, uh, now okay, Denzel Ward came up with really big plays, and the defense did a lot of great things, but. I think Baker is the game changer here. Well, we, we've talked about this. Quarterback makes everybody better, yeah. right? He makes the offensive line better, the receivers better. He can make the defense better because your offense is suddenly better and you can stay on the field longer. Uh, having the quarterback just makes every single element of your team better, except for special teams. I don't think there's anything Baker can do on special teams, but uh, although Denzel Ward did get a blocked field goal today, so I don't know, maybe Baker has an impact there. Maybe. I think those two guys together, I mean, it's like your offensive uh, – anchor and one of your defensive anchors along with Miles Garrett it's you know the future is very bright because of pick number one overall and pick number four overall. they've missed on everybody knows it they've missed on so many first rounders for oh, so yeah. long I think Browns fans forget what a first rounder is supposed to look like right this is what it's supposed to look like you're supposed to stink and then get good players that help you not stink anymore First-rounders are not supposed to look like Justin Gilbert and Brandon Whedon and Johnny Mandel and Trent Richardson and everybody else who has failed here. These guys have played very, very well early on, but this is kind of the deal. It's just it's finally happening again. All right, uh, real quickly, we're going to get out of here momentarily. So the the last thing I want to bring up before we go, um, and again, thanks to Sibling Rivalry Brewing for sponsoring us and... uh, um, Providing us with a list of beers that I can't pronounce, but you should go try at their uh, at their tap room, and you can get them at Heinen's, I believe, Giant Eagle. They got some tastings coming up, so make sure you check their website there uh, as well. Okay, so one of the things I was thinking: if the Browns lose this game, they're one three and one, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, guess what? It's before Halloween. We're looking at mock drafts. We're thinking of we're watching Saturday games, thinking, "Oh, that guy would look good in a Browns uniform." They win this game, they make that one field goal, it makes a huge difference. All of a sudden, they're 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. They're not completely out of things by October. Their schedule gets tough. they got the Chargers coming up next week. One o'clock game on the East Coast. they got the Steelers in a couple weeks. Uh, they looked good again today. The Chiefs after that. But I guess the thing is, I mean, how long can this team stay relevant to this season right now? Do either of you feel confident that this team can take this thing into, like, December and still be I'm not saying leading the division or even in contention for the division but still be a relevant a relevant team well I do think there are some problems including like we've talked about on the receiving core and it's going to be hard um, you know to to overcome some of those things I think they need to make a trade add to the pile sign Richard Matthews do whatever they have to do um, I don't even care bring in Des Bryant whatever they have to do I think they need a little bit more uh, to get them over the top. I mean, they only scored 12 points today. Um, so, but yeah, I like I said, I think that because they have Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, Emmanuel Agba, they've got enough good guys, Jarvis Landry, on this football team now that the past is the past. You can throw away 0-16. They don't need to make incremental improvement. This is one of those situations where they can really turn this thing around in a hurry with a guy like that. 
So the one thing, and I meant to say this earlier, is if Michael Crabtree catches that pass in the end zone with like 30 seconds left in the game before they end up kicking the, the Ravens kick the game-tying field goal, everything else that happened today is the same, and it's, we're having a completely different conversation. Right. Exactly. So you always need a little luck in the NFL. And if Zane Gonzalez makes kicks against New Orleans, everything else is the same. You're having a very different conversation. Right. The point of that to me is that they're, they're in it. They're around. Yeah, they're and in it. And so I think like being around, you're eventually going to win one. And I'm not a big guy on the like learning how to win stuff because if Michael Crabtree had caught that, Miles My- Garrett would have played the same, ga- same game. My- Baker Mayfield would have, but it would have been like, well, maybe they don't know how to win. It's like, well, Michael Crabtree caught it or dropped it. Whatever. Stuff happens. They have talent at enough places to hang around. And I think in this league, if you've got a defense and a playmaking quarterback, man, you're about 80% of the way there. Absolutely. And so I'm very curious to see. Like, I don't know if you guys think, like, do you think they might sign Rashard Matthews? Dan, I know when you had done some predictions, you thought maybe a trade for a receiver was a real thing. Like, if yeah. they really can truly add another piece or two, then I don't know what. I mean, I don't know. Then, yeah, I think everybody stinks. Everybody except the Chiefs and the Rams kind of stink in their own way. Especially in the AFC. So, you know what? Yeah, then I think they can hang around yeah. until December. But there, as the point you made, Mary Kay, there's going to be other times where it's like, if you're relying too much on Antonio Callaway in a game, it's just not going to be enough and you're going to lose because of it. But maybe they can help themselves enough right. so that meaningful games in December is a real deal. As long as Richard looks good in the workout tomorrow, I think they'll make every effort to sign him. I think that could help. I really think that could help. Uh, I think they need that one more veteran presence. Otherwise, you're going to just be relying on the Derek Willies and the young guys. And now who knows how long Richard Higgins is going to be yeah, out with an injury. Hopefully, for the Browns' sake and for Richard's sake, that's not too serious. Well, all, all we've heard is that they will leave no stone unturned when it comes to wide receiver. We also know that John Dorsey has never been the GM of a team below 500, so I don't think he wants to start now. Now, that being said, I think when all is said and done, this might be the first one. But, look, we might see some in-the-hunt graphics in December. Yep. That would be a sign of progress. All right. Uh, Orange and Brown Talk podcast post game. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewery for sponsoring. For Mary Kay Cabot, Douglas Maurice, I am Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>